Hi, my name is Joshua Potter, and I'm the lead pastor here at Sioux City First Church. I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for taking time to listen to our message this week. I pray that you find it meaningful and life-giving. As you listen, make sure that you take some time to allow God to speak to you and, and just to encourage your heart. We hope to see you soon in person, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Okay, well, I want to uh, just give you a couple quick updates. As most of you know, last week we had our BGMC, our big yellow party, just had a great time, great fun together. We also handed out our Kingdom Builders booklets. I want to encourage you, if you didn't grab one, please grab one and take one of these today. Um, We had these printed up, not just so they could sit in an office, but so that you would take them. But use it as an opportunity to pray for our missionaries, pray for global missions, local missions, really next generation, raising up the next generation. But part of Kingdom Builders is BGMC, and we had our big yellow party last week, and our goal was to raise $650 so that uh, uh, we could raise money for Barrels of Hope to feed kids in Haiti, and all of our money for BGMC is going to go to do that this year, and so we're excited about that. But part of it was if we raise $650, the kids would get to go to Drop Zone, and so We are going to show you the total in just a second, but I think it'd be okay if we did a drum roll. Didn't we do the drum roll on their lap? Everybody do a drum roll. All right, drum roll. And the total that we gave last week was $1,160.43. So we surpassed our goal by over $500. Thank you so much for all of the coins. Uh, I feel sorry for the bank. They had to uh, put that in the machine, and the machine was probably getting cogged. Lots of dollar bills, lots of, uh, uh, last week, someone gave my son $50 and uh, to put in the bucket. And so afterwards, he's like, someone gave me $50. I'm like, well, they gave it for BGMC. He's like, no, they gave it to me, and I gave it to BGMC. I'm like, (laughs) okay, all right. So anyway, but uh, we are so thankful for all of you and all of your giving, and thank you for doing that. So now the kids, we will uh, probably at the beginning of April, uh, we'll announce, our, we'll try to take the kids to drop zone at the beginning of April, so we'll let you know of a date. So if you have kindergarten through fifth graders, look out for that announcement. Otherwise, kids, you can be dismissed to go downstairs for kids' church, go back to the nursery, whatever you may want to do. The rest of you, if you have a Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 24. We're going to spend our morning, uh, a little bit of our morning. We're going to jump around a lot this morning. Uh, this last week, uh, we went out. Uh, you probably noticed Pastor Tyler isn't here. He's not feeling well. He probably caught something. We went to Houston this week, went to a leadership conference, and just had a, a great time. Just just going and, and worshiping and um, growing as as leaders and just uh, experiencing just great things that are encouraging, challenging, inspiring. And so thank you. We're able to do that because of, of your giving and, and just investing into our leadership here at the church. Poor Melissa got stuck with two less volunteers for Good News Club. So luckily, I think Lori Rich came to Good News Club. So we had Lori step in and Sheila uh, always comes on Tuesdays. And uh, I just want to say this as we as we think about Kingdom Builders and and Good News Club, we can never take for granted that we can go into a public school and preach Jesus Christ. 
Let us never, ever forget. I know it's an after-school program, and we're totally fine with that. We get to go in and minister. They had 80 kids at Good News Club on Tuesday. God is, is, is using that to, I believe, plant some tremendous seeds into these young lives and raising up people, which is part of our Kingdom Builders' goal is to raise up the next generation. Now, last week we talked about Kingdom Builders. Once again, take that book with you just to kind of remind you of what uh, some of our projects are, what we give to throughout the year. If you look at the back of this, our goal for the year is around $53,700. In other words, we want to give away about a sixth of our budget to go to missions and reaching people with the gospel all around the world here locally through local organizations and then through raising up the next generation. Uh, last week, we, as we talked about Kingdom Builders, we talked about two things uh, last week. The first one was this, is that we can make an impact that outlives our natural life. I don't know about you, I want to leave an impact behind. When I die, that my impact would go further than my natural life would, through, whether it be through my kids, my grandkids, through the gospel going forward and how I've lived my life. And the, the second thing was we can make an impact in places we may never go. Last week, the, the money that we gave is going to, it's going to go to uh, Haiti to make sure that the, uh, there's food for kids in Haiti. Now, most of our kids will never, ever step foot in Haiti, but we gave because we want to see them know who Jesus Christ is. And so um, that's why we give. We give so that we can have an impact that outlives us. We give so that we can make an impact in places that we may never, ever go. Now, if you turn to Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2, I want to read that for you this morning. Here's what it says. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it and on the seas, and, and excuse me, he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Here's something that we need to know. Today I'm going to continue to talk about finances. I usually one time or two times a year will talk about finances and how they impact our lives. Here's the deal. All of you have finances in your life. All of the finances impact your life in different ways, okay? It probably cost you a little bit more to get to church this week than it did last week. You know what I'm saying? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so our finances play a crucial role in our lives, whether it be your mortgage, whether you pay rent, whether it be your car payment, whether it be uh, anything and everything you use for the food that you eat, for the clothes that you wear, anything and everything, the finances that you have play such an important role in your life. And the Bible is not silent on finances. The Bible isn't silent on our harvest or on what we, we sow into, what we reap into. The Bible is clear all throughout from the very beginning throughout the whole, whole Bible. And so as, as we share this morning, I realize whenever I talk about finances, it can be a real tricky subject because uh, sometimes people wonder why the church has to talk about it, why the church has to address it. A lot of times I feel like people are going to think I'm the bad guy because I'm talking about what the Bible says about it. And so there's a lot of things. And, and so my goal today is just, I'm just going to share some principles from Scripture. And then it's our job as believers to respond to what the Bible says to it. So this Scripture in Psalm 24, it tells us something really, really important. Everything is the Lord's. Everything. That iPad, it's not the church's, it's God's. 
the chairs that you're sitting on, they're not Sioux City First, they're God's. The Bible even goes far enough to say that my children are the Lord's. They're not even my children. My wife is the Lord's. It says all who live in it. So every person and every thing that's in the world is the Lord's. Everything. And so we have to have that mindset when it comes to our finances because it helps us to live a little bit looser with our finances than in other ways. So if you have a Bible, go to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to be jumping to a few different places today, but we're going to kind of go back to the very beginning because I have some questions that I would really like to ask God, and I want to throw those out loud to you today just to kind of get your mind wondering about them as well. Genesis chapter 4, verses, uh, we're going to start at the second half of verse number 2. Uh, we know Cain and Abel, uh, creation is established in uh, Genesis 1 and 2. In Genesis chapter 3, we have the fall of mankind. And in ver- uh, chapter 4, the very beginning, we're going to see something interesting happen. And it, it tells us about the two boys of Adam and Eve, uh, Abel and Cain. And it says, now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. They both had very specific jobs. And it says, look at what it says in verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Verse 4. And Abel also brought an offering. So they both brought an offering. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. And the Lord looked at favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with Favor. Now, this is interesting, and, and I have a lot of questions that I've been even asking and thinking about this week that I've maybe even hadn't thought through before. Um, Abel brings his fat portions. What we're supposed to understand his first, uh, what it says is he brings his fat portions from the firstborn of the flock. And we see these first fruits given all throughout the Bible, whether it be a harvest of crop, whether it be uh, if, if uh, uh, the cattle, uh, cattle, there was a new... Uh, cow born, they would give that to the Lord. If there's a new pig, they would give the firstborn to the Lord. And the belief was that we're going to give our first to the Lord and that he will provide all of the rest that we need. So there's this principle in scripture, we, you could call it the principle of the first. But here we see he brings the fat portions, the best portions are really he is what he's bringing to the Lord. He's bringing the first and he's bringing the best. Cain, he brings essentially, he's bringing kind of the leftovers. He's bringing over the course of time. It wasn't his first. It wasn't his best. It was just, I'm just going to bring it whenever I feel like it, whenever uh, I can. I'm going to bring it to the Lord. And it says that God looked on Abel with favor and he looked on Cain without. Well, then we know what happens after this. Cain gets super angry about it. And God warns him and says, the devil is crouching at your door. But here's my question that I've really been thinking about this week. Where did, where did Cain and Abel learn this from? This is before the law. It wasn't like Moses had given them the law and this is what you're supposed to tie. This is the firstborn. This is, where would they have learned this from? Well, they would have had to have either learned it from the first two people who ever lived, Adam and Eve. And so maybe mom and dad taught it to them and taught that an offering to the Lord was an important part. And so they both did it and they gave it. It doesn't say that they were under any compulsion. They just gave their offering. So it's either that that Adam and Eve taught them these things or God told them to do it. 
by nature, you and I are not typically just going to say, <laughs> with no one telling us or encouraging us to do so, oh, hey, here, I'm just going to take some money in my pocket and throw it out here. I'm just going to take my firstborn and I'm going to give it. We have to believe that something was communicated between God and Adam and Eve or between God and Cain and Abel. We have to believe that. There's just no way they would have come up with this on their own. So let's flip over about 10 chapters to Genesis chapter 14. There's this guy. Uh, he is a king, but he's also a priest, Melchizedek. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. Abram's just fought this battle, and he has all of the spoils from the battle. And it, here's what happens. It says, then uh, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And so, we talked about kingdom builders last night, last week, which is above and beyond giving. This week is really about our tithe or about our, our gift, our offering to the Lord. And the word tithe means tenth, and we see that all over Scripture. And so he, he says, it says, Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Once again, this is established before the law. This is established before what's going to happen later on that we're going to read. So here he brings him the spoils. And, and the way the Bible describes is that Hebrew word, it actually means this. It means he brought the top of the heap. Once again, we get that idea that he's bringing his best to God. Genesis chapter 28, flip over a few more chapters. This is Jacob once again before the law. Here's what it says in verse number 20. It says, then Jacob made a vow saying, this is after he has this spectacular dream of his future. He makes a vow to God. He says, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household and then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up will be a pillar, will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a tenth. Once again, where are these people getting this from? This is something we have to believe is established by God. I don't believe Adam would have just been like, hey, we know Adam. He probably wasn't like, you know, hey, Eve, I feel like we just have too much and we should give a tenth to the Lord. We don't see that anywhere in Scripture, but we have to believe this is coming from somewhere. Now, if we get into the law, once again, God has given the law to his people. Here's what it says in Leviticus chapter 27, verse number 30. It says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The tithe is something that the Bible tells us it belongs to the Lord. That's why we see people, we see it before the law, we see it with the law, we see it throughout the Old Testament. And even at the very end of the Old Testament, we see this, this scripture in Malachi chapter 3 where 
The, the people of God are just not obeying God. They're, they're being terrible husbands. They're being <laughs> terrible parents. They're not following the ways of the Lord. And the Lord rebukes them harshly. And one of the things that he rebukes them harshly for is from robbing from him, from that tithe that they're commanded to give. Okay? And so we see this all throughout the Old Testament. Now let's look at the New Testament at a, at a couple things. And, and really even the words of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 23. Jesus is giving these rebukes to the religious leaders and he speaks to them in verse number 23. And let's look, let's read together what he says. Matthew 23, verse number 23, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Once again, that's not affirming. That's not a, that's not a good job. That's not a well done. He says, Look at you give a tenth, you give a tithe of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law. So, so he's saying that that tithe is part of the law, but he says you've neglected other parts, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. What's he saying? You should, you should work heavily towards justice, mercy, and faithfulness. No, he says you should do both of these things. You, shouldn't have, you should have practiced the latter. You should have been faithful. You should have practiced mercy. You should have practiced justice. You should have done these things. It's both and. It isn't just, hey, you should just do these things. And this is, I think, what we can sometimes do if we're not careful. We pick and choose the part of, parts of God's word that we want to follow. And, and these guys, we know the, the Sadducees and Pharisees and the teachers of the law, their hearts were far from God. And so here's one thing I think the Bible teaches us. You, you can give with the wrong heart and it won't be blessed by God. They were giving with the wrong heart and God rebukes them for doing it. Now let's go on to Paul teaching the New Testament church. Jesus is, is gone now. It's believed that this tithe, this 10%, we see that throughout church history. Definitely the first and second century church, we're seeing this 10% being passed on. But here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I love this because there's so much here. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Each of you should give what you've decided. And, and how do you make decisions? Well, we make decisions based on going to the Lord, praying, seeking Him. So you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly. We shouldn't hold on to it too tight. And we shouldn't do it under compulsion, feeling manipulated. For God loves a cheerful giver. Look what it says next. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply the increase, your store of seed, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through this, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Look at what happens when we give. It describes, there's, a tr there's something that happens. You will never be able to convince me 
that when we're faithful to God and when we honor God with these things, that he does not show himself to you in different ways than to people who are not obedient in this area. It doesn't mean he doesn't love them, doesn't mean he doesn't care for them, doesn't mean he doesn't watch over them, doesn't mean, he, doesn't mean any of those things. But you will see the hand of God in your life in different ways. I've seen it in my life, and I could, I could bring witness after witness here who have seen God do this in their own life. So Paul here, he's really giving the Christians during this time this, some basically universal Christian principles, just so they have an understanding Hey, you can look in the Old Testament, see this. You can look at the words of Christ. Here's what I'm going to say to you, and he says it to them. So there's a couple things we should learn from Paul here. First, God calls every believer to decide in his or her heart how much to give. Okay? And when he tells us what we should give, we should follow through on that amount. (laughs) I've prayed prayers before, and God's given me an amount. I'm like, I think you meant that for somebody who has more money than I do. But he provides. I've told stories of how he's done that, even in our own lives. The the number that he may give you or speak to you about, it may be a specific number. Hey, give $200 to to missions every month, or give $50 to missions, or give $10 to BGMC or Speed the Light, whatever it may be. And it may be a percentage of what, what you may give on a regular basis. A lot of people, I think, universally in the church understand this 10% tithe. And so many people give 10% of their income to continue the work and ministry of the church. Other people pray and they seek God and say, God, what would you have me to give? And then they give that to the church to honor God and to uh, help complete the mission that God has for us. It should be in proportion to what we've received. And, and hear me on this. One of the important parts is that it's an individual choice based on our conscience. It's based on our relationship with God. I believe it matters to God that it's voluntary. He doesn't make us do it. I can't make you give 10% of your income. God cannot make you give an offering to him. He cannot make you. It's voluntary. It's not a tax. It's not an obligation. But the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. And the reason why that's in there, I believe, is because when we have the opportunity to meet the needs of another person or to help another person who really needs it, and that, that can bring some joy and some meaning and purpose in our lives when we do it. So I want to share just a few thoughts before we close this morning. The first thing is this. Tithing, giving, when you think about those two things, is about honoring God. That's really what it comes down to. Tithing or giving is truly about honoring God. Honoring him as your provider now, I know a lot of us, and, and when we talk about money or we talk about finances here at the church, people can get really, really tense about it. But that's why I brought up the very beginning that God is the provider of everything we have. He's given you everything. He's given you the job that you have. He's given you the abilities that you have. He's given you the intellect that you've had. And if you need any more proof, the Bible says that he gives us the very breath that we breathe. My guess is that everyone in this room that earns a living needs breath to do what you do. And so we honor God with what he has done. So let me just 
Let me just make sure. I want us to think about, I want, I want us to think about a couple things. In the Bible, we see them honoring God and honoring him first, not giving him our leftovers, not just giving him, well, if we have it, we'll give it. So I want you to consider a couple things. This might sting a little bit. Is it possible that you might be honoring Verizon Wireless more than God? Or is it possible you might be honoring Wells Fargo, whoever you have your mortgage to? Or Ford Motor Company, whoever you have your car loan through? Is it possible you're honoring Netflix more than God? Because we faithfully and consistently make sure that we're, we're paying those things and giving to those things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with a house or car or cell phones or any of those things. But I think it's important that we, we don't neglect God in those things. The second thing, giving or tithing and giving is a sacrifice. It's not lost on me. That when we take from one thing, we can't have another. If you give 10%, that's 10% of your income that you can't spend it on whatever you name it, food, clothing, whatever you may need. Although the Bible says God will give us what we need. We sacrifice something. When, when you give, if I give $100 to BGMC last week, I don't have the $100 to go buy my kids a clothes or, or go out to eat after church today or, or whatever, I, I realize what a sacrifice is. And, 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 and we all feel this. And this is one of the reasons why giving and tithing is so difficult because it feels like we're, we're in this choice. But, but here's what I would, I would say to us is, don't we constantly sacrifice for the things that we love? This afternoon, Lucas has a, a baseball thing uh, where we have to go and anyway he has to do some skills and uh, to determine what team he's on and all those sorts of things and we're going to pay $85 for him to play baseball this summer okay we could have done something else with that $85 Lucas loves sports he likes baseball so we're going to do that parents can sometimes spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on sports or travel sports or activities, uh, gymnastics, dance, all those different things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those. But oftentimes we don't think twice about those sacrifices. Why? Because we love our kids and they're passionate about it. And we want to we help them. We want to help get them to where they are. And that's why I love... That's why I love my belief, why God set it up this way. 10% is 10%. 10% is 10% if you make $30,000 a year or you make $300,000 a year. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. I believe that's part of the reason why it was set up the way it was in the Old Testament. Or When we ask God to give, I, I believe God will do it in proportion with where we should be. And the last thing is this, tithing and giving is really about others. It's really about others. One, it's about God, we know that, but it's about others. Sometimes, I think all of us know, we tend to be selfish by nature. 
So it's ten, we, we tend to want what, provide for what we want or what we need when we want it. But giving, it's about others. It's about helping others. It's realizing in, in the Old Testament that as they brought it to the priest, it would do the, the work of the ministry so the priest could do what they need to do so they could feed those people who would need to be fed. In the New Testament, we see a similar model. They're bringing it to the apostles. And as they do, they're distributing it out. That's what we do here with Kingdom Builders. As you guys bring it to the church, we distribute it out, like we mentioned last week, to some of our, our missionaries. But God is, is faithful in all of these things. We want to honor God. And I know I'm, I'm not trying to, I just want us to think about these things. Even on Sundays, I realize not everybody's here every single week. You cannot be here every single week at church. As you continue to make a living, is there still not a tithe off of what you make? And shouldn't you still bring that to the Lord? Now you can, here's the deal. I know talking about finances is tricky and it feels very, very personal and that's fine. I'm okay having this because here's the deal. One day I'm gonna stand before the Lord by myself. I will stand alone before the Lord. Melissa's not going to be there and be like, well, God, you know what? He did do this thing that one time. My kids aren't going to be there and say, well, he was a good dad. That, that. I'll stand before the Lord. And I'll have to stand before the Lord and give an account about what I teach and what I preach. That's why I do try to, to do my best to preach according to the word of God. And, and I, I believe and I, I hope and I pray that what I'm sharing, I believe, is true and it's right for us to hear. But sometimes the things in the Bible aren't always easy to hear, but we still need to hear them. And so here's what I would encourage you to do. Those of you who faithfully and consistently give and, and you help, that's what uh, is, helps us to do what we do all of the time. I've never known a single church in the history of the world where every single person in the church tithes. It's just like I've never been to a church where they're like, we have way too many volunteers. We don't know what to do with them. It's just, it just doesn't really happen. That's why it's equal sacrifice. And, and imagine what we could do if we all come together and say, you know what? I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I'm willing to bring my portion. I'm willing to bring what God has provided for me and for my family. And so all I can do and all I want to do is I want to just put this before you and, and I would encourage you if you would like to go back, there's tons of studies out there. There's lots of, whether it's studies, personal studies, study Bibles, whatever you want to, to look into some of this. And, and if you see something or hear something that I taught today and you're like, I don't know if that's right, give me a call and let's, let's have coffee this week and let's talk about it. And, and in a life-giving way, um, but we see in second. Corinthians, what happens when we give. So I'm just going to pray for us as we leave today um, that we would honor God with our finances. Just as, just as in the Old Testament, they brought their first calf, they brought their first, uh, their first harvest. Um, uh, Abel brought his, his fatted portions first. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament. It tells us it belongs to the Lord. The New Testament, Jesus tells us not to neglect it. We see Paul is telling us you should decide in your heart what you believe, but let's, whatever we do, we need to honor God. And 
that's really, really, truly what I want us to get from today is honoring God with our finances. It's such an important part of our lives. Just as moral issues are important, just as forgiveness is important, just as so many other areas are important, let's, let's get all of them right. Let's not just pick and choose which ones we want to get right. Let's get everyone right. So let's stand together today. And I'll just end with this. And please hear my heart. Most of you know me well enough to know this. I would never ask you to do something I wasn't willing or doing myself. I would be the biggest hypocrite to stand up on the stage and say, you need to give. Potters aren't given, but you need to give. I would never do that. And if you wanted to go to our bookkeeper and ask, if you wanted to get a hold of the network and ask, when it comes to missions and kingdom builders, my family has made a pledge to what we give every year. I, would, I, I could never do that. So, I want to pray for you because I know finances, one, they're hard. One, we wish we all had more. And it seems like we're having less and less these days. But let's put some things into some perspective this morning. Um, you know, we've seen what's been going on in Ukraine and Russia right now. And, and uh, if we were to really look around the world at what we have in this country... While I believe we live in a post-Christian nation, the blessings or whatever you want to call them that we experience in this country, people would be willing to give their lives for. And we do have people that give their lives so that we can have some of the things we do have. So I want to pray for you this morning and pray for all of us in this area of our lives. God, we... We humbly come before you uh, today. Um, God, we know this is a, can be a real tough subject. We know that most of us in this room wish we had more money. We wish we had more money to give even. We wish we had more money to give to missions or we had the opportunity to tithe and we just can't find a way to do it. But, but God, we believe that, that you make ways for us to do the important matters of life. And God, if your word describes from beginning throughout your word a generous heart and a generous God and helping people, God, help us as men and women of God to take it seriously. To not just shove this message off and say, ah, it's talking about money and that has no application in my life, God, that, that we wouldn't do that. We would seriously consider what it would mean for us, what it would mean for my faith, what it would mean for how, uh, how my faith develops and grows. And God, I believe this is one of those things that really cements a foundation, believers. This is one of those big things. Finances are big and giving of them and sacrificing of them is so big. And you notice it, you see it, and I believe that you honor it. And so God, I just pray that as we faithfully and consistently bring our tithe to you, whether it's 10%, whether we choose a different percent, whether we choose a certain amount per month, that whatever amount we do, we would actually seek you over it. 
And we'd say, God, whatever it is that you want me to give, I'll be faithful, I'll be consistent. Whether it's this month or whether it's this year, whether it's for the next five years, I will do what you call me to do. I will be, I'll be faithful. And God, your word tells us that you're our provider. Your word tells us you own a cattle on a thousand hills, that you do not neglect your children. It doesn't mean that we're gonna be millionaires, but it means you do take care of your people. And so God, as you take care of your people, let us just see your hand in our lives a little clearer than we did before. As we take this step of faith, for us, it's a step of faith. We're given 10%. We're given a a certain percentage. We're given a specific amount. We're given it, God, because we want to honor you. And we want to see the work of the ministry go forward because men and women and children need Jesus. And so, God, I just pray that our hearts would be united. I pray that we would be people who humbly come before you. We thank you. We have hearts of gratitude and, uh, for you. And that, and that, God, we really do say, God, for, from this day forward, even if I haven't got it all right before, even if I have got it all right before, from this day forward, I'm going to honor you with my finances. I'm going to trust you with my finances, just like they trusted with the first sheep or the first little piglet we can trust you that there will be more, that you will provide for what we need. You are our our provider. We thank you for that, God. Now as your people leave, God, I pray that we would, you would give us ways and opportunity to see your generosity in play this week, that you would give us an opportunity to be generous towards another person this week. And that, God, you would use it to bring life change in people so that you would, your name would go forth and men, women, and children would know who you are because of our generosity and faithfulness in this area. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.